0: Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to betfredsports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Hi, this is Chad Nicefield from the band Wilson. Hey, rock's not dead. It's hiding, and you found it.
2: Good job. <laughs> I'm out my way.
3: and fire my name is Baco, and i will soon be joined by my friend my co-host and of course the godfather of cobras and fire loose cannon but before we do that let me tell you a little bit about today's episode today we're going to feature a band that early on received the cobras and fire mushroom stamp seal of approval and no billy hardaway it's not steelheart but you probably figured that out by now Hailing from Detroit, Michigan, the band Wilson embodies everything I fucking dig about hard rock, metal, and dick pics. Somehow I managed to finagle myself into an interview with lead singer Chad Nicefield, and I don't mind telling you people, our conversation is uh, quite arousing. But before we get to that, let's kick it off with some fuckery. That is the music of Wilson with Give 'em Hell! cobras and fire my name is Baco, and i am finally joined by my ever so lethargic co-host loose cannon loose how are you today
4: i'm great feeling very lethargic and happy to be in this state you are
3: running the show today correct that's what you said man i mean you call the shots so you are the uh godfather of cobras and (laughs) fires how's that work you're running it i don't call the shots you're running it man yeah you go you do it Yeah, yeah. I'm the godfather. Don Luce. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, what you got for us today? Well, I got um, what I think is a pretty fabulous interview with uh, a very attractive man named uh, Chad Nicefield. You might know him as the uh, lead singer from Wilson. I know him as the person who gives me good dreams. (laughs) pleasant dreams. I see. Yes, you've definitely been the,
4: like I, I called you, the other episode was the inquisitive Baco lately. Lots of interviews and more, more, more to come, as I understand. Correct?
3: Um, ho- hopefully more of this, but on your end, I'm getting kind of tired of it. I don't <laughs> even know what to talk about. Okay. Uh,
4: well, you had some good subjects, so why don't you give us a, uh, you know, kind of paint the picture for us? Where'd you meet up with them, Et cetera. Break it down. Well, a-
3: as you know, like uh, shortly after you and I both kind of um, became aware of their their uh, musical uh, brilliance. I saw them in about I don't know about a two and a half three month time. I saw them about three times just here in the Twin Cities. It just kept coming back, and then all of a sudden, nothing. And so, eight months after the last time I saw them, I had to drive 300 miles to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, to see them. Lovely. Yes, it's um it's a very smelly part of the world, and um, <laughs> I saw some uh, of
4: your, your some of your pictures. <laughs> They're pretty funny, especially that one guy in that like half shirt with the, with the uh,
3: tassels he's uh he was not ashamed of his body even though he probably should have. <laughs> continue but yeah so no it was um it was definitely an experience it was a lot of fun to be honest with you i, c- I can make fun of wisconsin all day but sure the, you know it was a three-day festival and uh day one super drunk day two a little later and day three everybody just wanted to go home and even the band started commenting on it and uh, uh day two was when i was meeting up and uh chatting with wilson but there was some. Uh, I won't get into the details of it. Let's just say the interview wasn't going to happen on site because of the way shit was on site. So We'll um, go into
4: that another episode, right? Yeah, we'll break down no, a lot yeah. of the concerts. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got to talk to all the guys and and spent a couple minutes chatting with Chad, and we just decided to set up a phone interview that I did, uh, I think, the Monday after I got home. So yeah, and then I, you know, I had a pretty full weekend. I went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday working all this rock and roll craziness that I call... Cobras and Fire and Decibel Geek and Baco Photo. Anyway, whatever. So what we're about to hear is, um, well, it's about 30 minutes of me chatting with uh, Chad about everything from the band, the guys in the band, and the music industry, that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, you go over a ton of different subjects, but... Oh, I forgot. Also,
4: total rock boner for me, too, as far as, as Wilson goes, is they... Oh, oh, yeah. They just were added to... Denver's Denver's version of a lot of the, the fests you've been going to, like Northern Invasion, called High Elevation. They were just added, as of today, to the roster along with Crowbot. Boing. I was very happy for you when I when I saw that. Uh, yeah, because I've been wanting to see them live for quite a while. And, and before we get into the interview, too, I mean, Right to Rise. What a brilliant album, correct? Oh, yeah, front to back. Just solid. Came out of nowhere for me. Uh, just that that album cover with a dog in front of the with the backdrop of Detroit. There, I was like, "What's this all about?" Goofy name, mm-hmm. and you didn't ask that, did you? I don't remember. You didn't ask where you came up with the name
3: Wilson. You know, in my first interview with him, I did. Oh, you did? Okay, mm-hmm. but um, which this is not the first one. <laughs> no, this is right. Spoiler alert!
4: <laughs> but it was with the first interview that actually you could hear back properly.
3: Yeah, I, think you had I, some I would
4: agree with that. Technical yeah. difficulties before. But but yeah, man. I mean, I thought this this interview was was very entertaining, much like your Boba Flux interview, where you were. Uh, I came away knowing a lot more about um, hostels,
3: <laughs> right? Mm-hmm.
4: And I also, you know, I I've never heard of a uh, you know a frontman having such a strict no bowling policy for his <laughs> for his uh, you know his guitarist. I mean, if he and can't bassist, drink.
3: Before a show, they can't bowl when they're not
4: playing, <laughs> and you'll understand that reference when you hear the interview. Yeah. But I still can't believe you didn't do a follow up question to that.
3: Yeah, we talked about that. I just, uh I don't know. I, I, I was already kind of moving on, and I did, I didn't even catch it until you told me about it. I'm like, I said, what? What did he say? <laughs> so, exactly. His own.
4: No, but it's cool. He got into a lot of music industry uh, stuff too, just like they had the Boba Flex One and. And one of these days? Yeah, you've
3: kind of got me going on that stuff. Now I'm starting to get more like inquisitive with it, so I appreciate that. Yeah, but one
4: of these days you're finally going to have somebody
3: pop out a number.
4: Cuz I say, well, what I'm referencing is a lot of times we're asking what's kind of the yeah, the level of success for sales these days cuz you know cuz the whole world is different. And I say that, you know, gold was how many records sold back in the
3: day? It was 500,000. It still is. Right.
4: But but gold is five hundred thousand and platinum's a, a million. But I think the new standard, the new gold and platinum standard, realistically is fifty and a hundred k.
3: You know that's probably fair
4: for rock. I'm saying I mean, if, if somebody I, sells, well, I
3: would say across the board. I mean, uh, yeah, Taylor Swift might sell a few million copies or Beyonce, but it's not like um, the rest. I mean, the rest of the genre, the Foo Fighters can still sell a million. I think. I mean, I
4: don't Metallica even know if it they... could probably could. I don't even know if they did, yes. that last one. And they had a whole miniseries in HBO promoting it. Maybe they I'm did. I'm just saying that, that right. it, it,
3: I think rock is the only one that's talking about it. You know what I mean? Like the other genres, they they almost ignore it. But it's affecting them just the same. I mean, their uh, first week sales of their biggest artists are pretty comparable with rock. Um, and rock continues to sell, percentage-wise, the most uh, of, out of all genres. So yeah, Baco.
4: I mean, you would put Wilson in your. I know you definitely gave them the the top ranks for album of 2015. But you know, if you had like a handful of bands that were like of the the new blood or whatever you want to call oh, them, yes. uh, you know, five or six. Name the name the, well, I the have bands. Seven. Okay, My go. List
3: is that seven? And there's room for more. That,
4: that which wow. is a great isn't that a great feeling though that you have? Oh, it is. a list. It, I mean, it, two years ago when or right before you started this podcast. That list Nothing. didn't even really it, it exist. Was Danko, and that was
3: it. <laughs>
4: right. So, so let's start
3: with him: Danko, Jones, Boba Flex, Wilson, Crowbot, Glorious Suns, Red Sun Rising, and Monster Truck. Did I hit seven? That I mean, you talk about. A great package
4: tour. That's all. And all those bands. I can't believe
3: you said that. I said that to my wife. I was like, "That's a tour I want." I kid you not. Since then, Monster Truck and Glorious Sons have played together. Crowbot and Wilson are now touring together. And Boba Flex and fuck, they were just with one of these. Oh, BoboFlex and Wilson were together just recently, right? Uh, oh, a Glo- uh, Red Sun Rising and Boba Flex. That's what it was. So I left out Red Sun Rising. But Whether it's it or not maybe right.
4: But but the cool thing, I think you mentioned it in. I think it was the interview we did with Rude and Rising. What was the fact that that all these bands are, you know, you can put them together and it'd be a great time, but they all have mm-hmm. their your, they have their unique sign. It's not like your sound. You're not putting a bunch of like hair metal or new metal or whatever you want to call them. They're like you can definitely they have their own unique vibe.
3: Sure, and I always try not to bring it up when I'm talking to them because I'm not trying to put. When I say something nice about somebody, I'm not trying to put them on the spot about somebody that I don't like. So since they're not here, I'm always referring to that kind of Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, Saving Abel, Nickelback kind of conglomerate. Where It's just like there's no originality, no uniqueness. It's cookie cutter. They're clearly using the same formula. I mean, listen to a Wilson song. I mean, they don't really follow any certain convention it's almost like they just start and end when they want to right when they were when the, in the writing process and i can say that about all those bands i mean BoboFlex flex is very unique in their their songs uh, arrangements um red sun rising is probably the most poppy of all those but when you see them live they're just they're so good
4: but the thing about it is 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 that they're 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 just they fun like they're themselves f- right but they're they're also f- Fun. They're, they're bands that oh, like bring certainly. the bring yeah, the energy. The what I'm saying, like that's what's yeah, been mi- even missing with a lot.
3: Serious topics. And Chad even talked about that a little bit. He's like, well, they want to still be a party band, even though like they still have things that like bother them, or you know, sure. they're affected by life like the rest of us. They just don't want that to be what their show is about. You know. So yeah, if you're not familiar with Wilson, or if you haven't heard him, or just heard us talk about him and thought we were talking about a volleyball well, you're about you're gonna find out a little bit more because we're gonna sprinkle in some of their music from both records they have two out um throughout the episode and um and you know i think uh i th- i think you'll learn to to like him a little more too when you hear chad just talk because he's got a lot of passion and authenticity to how he comes off about everything so yeah
4: Baco, great interview uh, thank lot, you lot,
3: yeah I a mean, lot of laughs plus a lot of you got
4: a lot of in-depth uh you had some in-depth questions that, that had some great answers, too, from Chad. So, really liked listening to it. I know their listeners will, too. And I am so excited about finally seeing Wilson live at High Elevation Fest here in September. You're going to love it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, dicks up, windows down. Here's Wilson. Uh,
3: Chad, thank you for doing this. I'm talking with Chad from Wilson. Um, how are you? Hi. Doing- I'm doing great. How are you doing, man? Well, I got a little bit of uh, sad news for you. Um, I uh, I, hash- I used the hashtag BacoPhoto on all my Instagram posts, and it's largely concert pictures. Um, mm. And uh, but last night we we uh, we were covering a local gala, and one of the celebrities there was Johnny Depp. And um, okay, he um, he bumped you from four to from number three to number four on the most popular BacoPhoto post, and I had no idea. <laughs> I just wanted to apologize.
2: Who is this guy?
1: Johnny
3: Depp? I don't know. I, I hear he's an actor. I'm, uh, maybe a voice actor of some kind. I'm not sure. Uh,
1: well, I never heard
3: of him. Well, whatever. You know, the world's a weird place right, <laughs> right now. So
1: I guess Johnny Depp's whoever you are, or whatever, uh, deepest or whatever.
3: All right. have at it. Well, anyway, had I known, I would have never done that to you. Uh, Anyway, I did.
1: Like I said, no, no skin off my back. I don't even know.
3: (laughs) You don't even know who I am. All right. Um, we spoke about a year ago, not not quite a year ago, and Right to Rise had come out uh, fairly close to that time. Um, and I follow all you guys on social media and all that Facebook, Instagram shit. Uh, you've had quite a year. You want to kind of top off some highlights for us? Oh man,
1: jeez, highlights. Um, well, we headlined our first ever uh, United Kingdom tour which was great and we did some headlining shows in Germany which is crazy to think about yeah. so we went overseas again uh, with our our friends in uh, hailstorm to support them those are great uh, that whole that whole run was really great uh, the Hard Drive live tour with Trivium in Tremonti was awesome the past couple of uh, months of the festivals that we've been doing I mean she's uh, I think one of my favorite best still to this day after all of them ones that we just went through was probably rock on the range because it was like pouring down rain when we <laughs> when we started to play our set and we're like, Oh my god, nobody's gonna be here, you know, like it's raining, they're gonna get shelter or whatever. But to our surprise there was like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> what what are these crazy people doing out here? They could you know, they're getting drenched and we just had a good time with everybody. It was really uh it was really overwhelming to feel that support, especially due to the uh in Incredibly terrible weather situations that we were under. Um
2: Church bells ringing on a Sunday morning. But heaven never looked good on me. So I lay in bed with the preacher's daughter. Feel a holy water pouring down. Tree. That's okay, I get me another. Cause you can't steal nothing that you got for free. No, you can't steal nothing that you got for free. Ooh.
1: Year. We're very excited
3: to be where we're at right now. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, quite happy for you guys. Uh, as you know, I uh, I'm quite fond of the band and the record. So, um, thank well, you very much. Yeah, of course. Um, you you also posted that you were in a at least at one point in Europe in a sort of a a rapey, murdery hostel. Anything weird happened that night? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I I don't I don't think that you could get any more. Uh, Creepy than this place that we stayed at, but nothing weird happened. Luckily, I mean, or I guess maybe unluckily, because it would be a really great story to to wake up with some like ghost raping our cooey's butthole or something like that. But uh, unfortunately <laughs> for us, it was, a, it was no it, it, absolutely yeah. not, or maybe Kyle's. I one of those two for sure would for sure would be the candidates for uh, rapey buttholes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think uh, I don't think we've had a, we had a. a a bad experience at all. It's just a really strange place. It was our first, because um, the first time we were over there, we were in a, we were sharing a bus with the band, nothing more. So we slept every night in our own little bunks, you know, and, and uh, this time we were in a van by ourselves, traveling around, trying to figure it all out. So I had gotten really used to figuring out what, like, what certain terminologies in a hostel meant, you know, if it was, like, going to be just the five of us in a room, or it was going to be, like, the five of us with, like, five other strangers. In a room, so we started to kind of figure out a. After like a week or so, we figured out like what not to do, not to say, where not to go. You know, what? what Did you ever what, have what like a that. night
3: where you had like um like five random Germans with you, and they just kind of like sat upright in bed staring at you and not speaking? <laughs> or,
1: well, kind of. They actually, like once we got into the room, I think we scared them off, and they hadn't like switched <laughs> switched out uh, their room and never came
3: back or whatever it was. So that so. would have <laughs> been before you shaved your beard then, or. <laughs> well, what was that well i said would that have been before you shaved your beard you were a little more scary with the beard
2: oh yeah
1: yeah it was a little bit yeah I, was little, I didn't shave my beard until i got back home from europe
3: yeah. <laughs> you got some heat for that by the way
1: yeah i got a lot of heat from that. It's weird uh <laughs> just hair grows back you know? Yeah,
3: know well it's yeah but it doesn't seem like different. you're going to let it go i you kind of hinted to me, intimated that you would but i you know just seeing you a couple days ago you, you're keeping it pretty trim
1: it's the summer, man. You know, I haven't felt like the summer sun on my face in seven years, so I figured I'm gonna at least uh, at least get get one more of these in before I start to it back
3: out. <laughs> right on. It doesn't make any difference to me. Uh, my wife, who was with me, uh, she said you looked very handsome though, so she did not. Oh, that. oh
1: that's great. Oh,
3: well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk a little bit about. Um, uh, the, you know, I always I'm always interested in kind of the the industry stuff because there's been such a change in it. You know, you're, what really constitutes when you like release a record, like what what determines whether it's like a a success or not? Because sales is kind of a a different animal right now than it used to be.
1: Uh, I mean, it depends on what you're looking to achieve, with it. you know, like for us, uh, you know, right to rise. I mean, we did pretty much full blast uh, fuckery on our on our own for the most part. You know, we had like uh, some help in Canada with the distribution of the of the. Of the record record over there through a licensing company, but you know over here in the states it was it was on our own, uh, pretty much for the whole the whole cycle. So you know, like whatever we did was a success because you know we didn't really know what we were doing. We we're just kind of going forward and trying to put the pieces together as they came up came on our plates. Um, <clears throat> with Right to Rise was our first like real like proper release, I guess if you were, you, you want to use those terms those terms. But um, so for a band like us. Getting it out into the world, touring on it, and you know, putting our stamp out there a little bit larger than it was before was the success that we were looking for. As far as you know, a more established band who sold you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of copies of records, and if they were to sell less copies of the record that they just put out than the record they put out before, they would probably deem that as a not so successful uh, release just based upon sure. record sales. And but, you know, in the in, in the world that we live in of the music industry you know it is hard to gauge what a real success is on a as far as releasing a record especially in rock music you know where there's not there isn't the this, this same amount of gumption uh in in in, in record buying well,
3: then, audiences and, uh, out there yeah on that point um how do you um i don't know how to phrase this uh how do you justify like uh outside of the want to like like cuz your record label has to be behind it too what's the what's the the the, the end game on on doing another record you know what i mean R- right now if if sales isn't the big determining factor
1: it depends on where you are with the record label i suppose like mm-hmm. if the record label was looking for you to be a massive success and put in a bunch of money and time and everything into the into that first record i mean every, every label is looking to try to break a band you know but sure. if they know if they're, they're going into it and everybody's going into it with long haul the long end game is more important than the off the gate i mean it's there's no secret that you know are the biggest indicator of like a band's uh record cycle how it's going to go is the first week sales you know right and the first week sales are really because that's where the majority of the promotional dollars are going into is right before, ramping up right before the record comes out, right when the record comes out, you know, basically hopefully you're out on the road supporting something before the record comes out, so you're getting in, in the records there, you have physical copies to sell at least, or pre-sale copies to sell, so you can add those into your first week's sales, and that'll kind of determine in that the industry standards of what they're like looking, hopefully, what they're looking at a success or not know mm-hmm. uh, but then with a band like uh, well, most rock bands you know when the idea of it is you have to get out there and grind your nose to the pavement like it used to be nothing's <laughs> nothing's ever changed in our world you don't have an overnight success now, why, so why you don't you guys like play it, live, live more
3: often by the way yeah. Tour? That was uh, I, I, you know, I was a joke. I was trying to sell it. You know, I, I failed. No, no. You guys are on the road all the fucking time. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I was, I was like, really? I'll work on my delivery for the next joke. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh,
1: yeah. No, I don't know why we don't tour that often. <laughs> <laughs> um, you didn't
3: spoil me. I yeah. saw you three times in about two and a half months, and I had to drive to Oshkosh to get to see. And eight months later, so. uh <laughs> no. Come back. Yeah.
1: We we we're road dogs, you know, and uh, it's like it's weird. It's a weird time for us right now because we took a month and a half off before playing these festivals. We're taking another month off before a festival, and then we're not hitting the back. And then we have basically another month before we hit the road again. So, so you're back right now? Like, yeah, yeah, we're at home. We just did those. We just did three three festivals last week. We're writing and working on new material. So and uh, with a, you know, like going back to that that situation, like our next record is for sure like the indication of how we're growing, you know, like if we don't sell, you know, uh, a good amount of records on this huh. next record cycle, then it's pretty much a clear indication to anybody in the industry of where the growth of the band is, you know, and uh, at that point, then there's a, there's a serious uh, situation that needs to be addressed in, um, in, in what's going on with the career of the band.
3: I, uh, I can tell you, um, I can personally vouch for four sales of right to rise one being mine so uh amazing I'm, I'm, th- those four people are, are re- going to be repeat customers so you're locked in there where are you we're, four heads.
1: <laughs> we're, four, already, we're I'll, I'll let the label know. I'll be like, hey, i hey just got the phone bongo he says we got four records coming no matter what <laughs> you need to get this guy going here <laughs> uh, all right
3: um you know um you guys uh you know don't hide too much that you like to be a party band a little bit but you uh you have a pretty um it's not rangy, but you have a very strong voice, and it it's it's, it's got to be difficult to to drink too much and be able to perform. Is correct or is that something you? Can yeah, I don't drink like before I play anymore. anymore. Just after or I, not at all. Uh, yeah,
1: after. No, I mean I drink, I drink. You know, I drink a lot less than I used to, especially in full watch fuckery days where I was uh, drinking <laughs> way, way, way too much, you know, I was spending uh, about six of my seven days uh, the week hungover, so, you know, and that's just not good, On uh, it just sounds like a good idea, but it sounds like fun, but it's just not good on, well, you're on young your body too, first you know, and it, yeah. And I'm pushing 33 this year, you know, like yeah. I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a young 20-year-old chap anymore, so, you know, and, and this thing just, you know, there's this voice in mine it's, it's gotta it's gotta hold up. So with that being said, I mean, you know, I don't I still drink. I just don't drink as violently as, as, <laughs> as, as I used to. And that's and that's because I have, you know, I not only myself to look after, but I have four other dudes in a in a band that, you know, when I go out on stage or whatever, it would be like if one dude was like constantly bowling, you know, a guitar player was like bowling every single day. And his wrist is getting fucked up and his fingers yeah. are getting fucked up and hardly able to click it, click strings or, or play the guitar, or, you know, maybe he, he, you know, like that would be an irresponsible move for a guitar player. It's the same way as it'd be an irresponsible move for the rest of my dudes. If I was treating my instrument with as much caution as, uh, they're, they're treating their instrument. So in the, in the name of brotherly love and being all for the team, it's just better idea for me to be the best I can. You know, that sort of thing.
3: Well, every time I've seen you, you guys have delivered. I don't, I'm convinced you don't have a bad show in you. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say that the five of us would would say otherwise, but I yeah. feel
3: I feel very blessed to hear that. So thank you very much. Man. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, keep it up. Um, on the festival thing, you know, when it, uh, you know, I don't know when the first one started, but there used to be more of a natural cycle, you know. Uh, an example I'll give you is I, I saw a Godsmack, like on a 11 a.m. side stage at OzFest in three years. Two or three years later, they were they were headlining. There doesn't seem to be that rising to the top. It's like it seemed like Five Finger Death Punch, not to compare music, but just as uh, a status thing. They were kind of the last one to kind of sneak in. Um, it, but yet the festival scene seems so strong. You think things yeah, are, are I... turning a little bit? I think what it is, is,
1: is the community of people are very strong. I and mean, yes, a band like Five Finger Death Bunch or Slipknot or Disturbed, you know, bands that have been around also for a while, they're of course going to be the leaders of, you know, of all of us, you know, going forward. They're going to be the big heavyweight that's drawing on the people. But if you put, were to put either one of those, any of those bands on, the, on their own, it might draw 5,000 people, which is a great amount of people to be drawing on their own. Five, you know, depending on the area, five to 10,000 people, you know. However, when you're putting in a on in a festival and you're looking a Rock on a Range, there's 60,000 people, 80,000 people there. That's because of the experience. That's because there's people there who obviously there to see the headliners, but they're also thinking, okay, well, I can see a bunch of bands during the day for 100 bucks versus seeing one band for $50, you know? No, definitely, so definitely, yeah. So they're, they're going out there and you're seeing that turnaround. The casual fan that might not be a huge fan of any of those bands, but is just a fan of music, is gonna spend the money to go and be a part of the experience, be a part of the culture that's going on. And and it's it's awesome if we can just if we can just have those you know, ticket sales are kind of weird because in a festival situation, that money and those people they eat up everything. You know what yeah. saying? Like that mm-hmm. run of festivals kills club touring for, you know, months on, on end because everybody spent their, their the entirety of their <laughs> entertainment budget as human beings on a month worth of shows traveling around doing different festivals. No, which I'm is not. good because you're getting to the band, you're getting to go out there and like nail out a bunch of you know, we'll swear to be touring. There's no way we'd be playing in front of 5,000 people every single day. You know, we'd be playing in front of 200, 300, 400 if we were headlining on our. On. So we get to go out there and we get to play in front of people who already know our band is, people who don't know who our band is, people who have heard our band but haven't really paid attention, and we get a chance to kind of convert bands. However, it it also gives you a, a, a different sort of sense of of touring because you go out and then you play a club at the same time of year, and people have already spent all their money on festivals, so they're not coming out to the shows to see you in that setting when they just saw you in this other set, you know. So no, I totally kind of, understand. Yeah, it's it's a it's a you know it's kind of a. Both, it's two sides to the coin when you know, look at it that way. You know?
3: Well, it's also a little bit encouraging because I think for the first time in, in some time, at least from my perspective, and this is a, a very personal opinion, not not to broad base or, or cut anybody out, but bands like, you know, you, uh, for me, it's like you, Crobot, Red Sun Rising, Monster Truck, Glorious Suns, Bobo Flex, Danko Jones. These are a lot of, and not all these are brand new bands, you know, but. The, the, you're all very unique sounding, you all sound like yourself, you know and uh you're not you're not reinventing the wheel, so to speak so that's encouraging mm-hmm. you you kind of got these you know bands like you that when you show up at these festivals, you kind of stick out a little bit because you sound like you, and I guess that that'd be the one i don't know. Light at the end of the tunnel that I would I'm I'm banking on because I'm I'm concerned I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> Music. Uh, I, Music I I matters. I'd have to agree. You know I think the one thing that would well, that we put ourselves on the band is is being able to be fun. <laughs> you know like yeah we're, yeah we're like dude to think poo poo and pee pee and big <laughs> jokes are so funny you know it's just it's just the nature of the people we are but correct know? me
3: if I'm but wrong you you also um like and I don't think you will but uh, the, uh the heavy metal bands like bands that get heavy they get so hooked to this idea that heavy means one thing um and I'll use um hang with the devil is kind of a where you kind of throw in that almost like a Christine 16 kind of keyboard part in there in the chorus mm-hmm. uh you weren't afraid to do that, you know, it, with the idea that, yeah. oh, they're going to, like, think we're not heavy if we throw this in or something. If you're heavy, you're heavy, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, like... You seem fearless like with that in that kind of aspect.
1: Yeah, I mean, I look like at tons of different music uh, like that, you know, like, what I think is sometimes it's a tonally heavy, like, you know, you listen to, like, like a mashuga or, like, a gorgira or something like that, and you're like, whoa, that sounds heavy, but then you go and listen to, like, what people would consider, like, a ghost be a heavy metal band, and I'm like, that's that sounds like an operatic, uh, operatic, uh, operatic band to me. <laughs> I don't think it sounds like a, I don't think it sounds like a metal band to me. You know, I, I think it sounds like a rock band. I think it sounds like a like a 70s throwback. You know, there's some Jefferson Airplane shit, but that's mm. considered a metal. you are going up. See it, Blue Oyster Cult is even better. Yeah it sounds, you know, it's got that sort of vibe to it. And I'm like, this is cool. And it's different, like you said, it's a different sound or whatever. People, some people like it, some people hate it. And obviously it's got to stick to it, too. There's, a, you know, all the different, like, uh, costumes and, and stage props or whatever. But on top of that, like, you know, I think that's important to heavy music culture is that, like, it doesn't have to sound like you need to get hit in the face by a ton of bricks every single song, you know? no, exactly. So, oh, there's a lot better. of melody to your music. Yeah, you know, and that's something that we're consciously moving forward with. You know, is just making sure that like what we're doing is is representing, you know, what we what we are as people too, not just like this idea of us being like ridiculous party monsters or something like that. You know, there's, I mean, I, my serious side of things aren't, you know, I'm not like heartbroken or anything like that, but I definitely have like plenty of strife. Of, you know my my life and the rest of the dude is the same you know, like there's plenty of deeper subjects that we can touch upon you know but we, we pride ourselves at the end of the day of being a good time band you know that's that sort of thing that kind of gets lost in the mix of, of uh the overly dramatic rock and roll sure. people. it's always been like you're in the pit looking up at me I'm <laughs> on stage looking down at you you know we kind of view it as like we're all here together
3: you know you're very authentic too by the way that's one thing i did it's hard to fake. Maybe bass and drums, you you, you can get by with it, but uh, your music and, and the way it's delivered and, and the way you guys perform on stage, it, it, it it's hard to not believe that you, you. It doesn't matter what you're saying, but but you you mean it. You know what I mean? That's Poor what bass, that, that drew me in too. So yeah, I did have a couple suggestions on how, on ways to like uh, really boost your uh, uh, what they call it cue a, a score or whatever to make you guys more popular. Let's just make it dumb. Um, have you ever thought about getting in like a Twitter war with Kanye?
1: <laughs> I was reading this thing that they, I was reading something. While I was thinking shit today with uh, about Kanye West and uh, Taylor Swift and yes! Kardashian. I, don't know. I was like, "What's this all about?" Because it was all over my feed. I love uh, that. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is fun." And I obviously keep. It's what keeps those 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 turd stains relevant you know <laughs> a, people you know they don't have something crazy going on in their lives it's well they're like not
3: creative squabble. so they do this
1: yeah it's like any teenage squabble you know like any any middle school drama if there's not drama going on with Susie q and she's not the popular girl anymore you know
3: well, what about so, who uh, you, like banging like some uh or date start dating some tabloid bitch like i don't know i, my, I came up with Lindsay lohan but it really could be anybody and then they could break up yeah. and he, you guys could write songs about it or something you know that would just really kind of get you out of your profile mm-hmm. bigger so Wait, find find somebody who
1: has like a massive case of herpes and like he gets it all out of his mouth <laughs> and like a press photo just like a constant reminder of like <laughs> the time that he dated Jennifer Lohan or whatever her name is Jennifer, what, Jennifer Lohan, Lohan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, that's, how, that's how cute, how cute you know, I am to that sort of
3: no that's great Now, we'll, I'm sticking with it now um I have kind of an unhealthy obsession with Pooey. Is that normal? <laughs> I,
1: I, uh, no, I mean, I have an unhealthy. I don't know if you follow my Instagram. Oh, of course. Yes. Friend, yes. Yes. I, I put uh, pictures of him every single day. I don't know why I have such a problem, but I do have a terrible problem. and mm-hmm. I can't
3: stop. No, but <laughs> he, he was in the band on Fuckery, right? But Kyle and James came in after. Do I have that right?
1: Uh, okay, so so Full Bass Fuckery was written and recorded by myself, Jason, and Pooey. Um, and, uh, you know, Kyle came in, in the middle of the writing process, but we were kind of already there. And James came in after this, the record was already recorded, but well, basically like right before we went to record it. So it wasn't really, uh, you know, a bunch cause we had kind of switched members throughout the writing process and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. Pooey, Pooey, actually Kyle has been in the band longer than Pooey but we had already had the music written and we had written some drum parts or whatever, or rearranging drum parts that we had already written. So he came out to record it with us, but it was just the three of us who did the record.
3: Uh, I, I do have to admit, I, I have a touch of a man crush on Kyle, but don't tell him. He's not going to listen
1: to <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think he'll listen to it, only because he probably doesn't want to hear my stupid voice more than he has to hear my stupid voice.
3: Uh, a brilliant <laughs> man... Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, a brilliant man no, no. once said, uh, Wilson may be the best thing to come out of Detroit since the Strohs introduced the 30-pack. Do you know who wrote that? No. Who oh, is that you? Yeah, that was me. Was it really? One of my favorite writers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you guys are uh, fantastic. I just have a couple last ones for you. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. Man. All right. Um... Well, one thing uh, I really wanted to know is when we talked in uh, Minneapolis, like about a year ago, like we we said, I think there was about three hundred thousand miles on the van, something like that. How many miles are on it now? Are you do you have a new one?
1: Oh, it was like a, it was one hundred and twenty. Now we're at two hundred and ten.
3: Okay, well that's still quite impressive. Um, yeah. One of the things I've been kind of hitting people up when I do get a chance to talk to them a little longer. Um, have you are you familiar with the movie Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park?
1: I have no idea what that movie is.
3: Um well KISS did like a cheesy movie in the seventies and they are all in it. It was like they were trying to do like a hard day's night kind of thing. Okay. Never seen it, huh? No, no, I have to check well, out. Well then know. I then I assume you support my petition to you don't have to sign it, but I just want you to verbally support my idea, uh unless you don't want to, um uh, of remaking it with a current lineup. A deal. Alright. <laughs> um and a deal. It, <laughs> and by the way, check it out. It's a good herd. If you guys have a DVD player in the van or anything like that, it'll kill some time, and uh, you'll uh, you'll probably want to drink while you're doing it.
1: <laughs> Deal. Deal. No, man, that's when I drink. That's as long as I don't have a show, I drink. Yeah,
3: what that's do you guys, nice. how do you stay busy in the van, by the way?
1: Ah, dude, ridiculous. We make these crazy phone recordings. Like We have so many different like ridiculous like things that we recorded. We come up with these skits, right, of I these, mean, like, ideas of, like, some small mouse, like, getting caught by his dad uh, fingering his mouse girlfriend, you know, and we come up with, like, these crazy, like, you know, what what if this happens situations like Steve Irwin in a concrete jungle, you know, like, and we'll talk it out there and record it, and pretty much the majority of our, our writing is either listening to, like, I listen to a lot of, co- I like stand-up comedy, I like comedy, so I listen to, like, a shit ton of, like, comedy records or podcasts when That's I'm driving right. the rest of the dudes. My favorites. Oh my god! Uh, Should I love? Who is uh, Gary Goldman is a new guy that I really, really, really love. I love things. I like like Brian Posehn. I love. Uh, uh, who was I listening to? Just do it. I mean, I love Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, what am I listening to? Matt Bronger, Robert Kelly, nice. uh, Eric Andre show. That's really good. Um, I love it yeah 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 i I could go on and on and on and on yeah, yeah favorite, are you familiar with uh, a, a local
3: boy Nick Swardson He's in a lot of sandler movies this Swardson, yeah so yeah i've been I've been on his
1: his uh his stand up for a while but even before seriously, who parted when he was doing Nick's arcade uh which was oh, right stand up uh special yeah 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 my favorite one of my favorite things ever is when he's talking about um how he would hire john Stamos
2: <laughs> I want to have a chunk of money saved up. And have it mailed off to some random celebrity. Have them make a, an appearance at my funeral. Like just a chunk of money with a note. It says, here you go. It's my last wish. Take this money. Show up at my funeral. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just in and out. Just make an appearance. That's all you have to do. But I want like a mid-level celebrity like John Stamos. <laughs> Would be sweet. <laughs> Uncle Jesse on <in> Full House. <laughs> just to be funny, my friends and stuff at my funeral. Like, I can't believe Nick's dead, man can't believe he died. He was a good dude, man. I can't believe he died. It's too bad. I... Dude, is that John Stamos? Did Nick know John Stamos?
1: He'd be at his uh his a great bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he was around. Oh, he was like, <laughs> 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 Is that John
3: Stamos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Nick Morton uh, great. He's Yeah. Uh what about old timers like uh Bill Hicks? He's one of my favorites. Oh fuck, yeah. Bill Hicks, fries again? Come on. That's uh one of my favorites.
1: Uh Mitch Hedberg. Who uh Mitch Hedberg. Uh who was I just watching? Screen Click what's his name on the top of my head. Uh, Sam Kinson.
3: That's oh one of, yeah. One of my Amazing. Yeah. One of my mm-hmm. favorites. Yeah. All right, and then I... Uh, if uh yeah. Uh, well did you have anything else You'd like to promote Let's put it that way What, what do you guys uh, Got coming up How soon can I get The new Wilson record In a week or two Yeah tomorrow It'll be out
1: That's full on We got it We got be in press right now The Miles coming out I Haven't mm-hmm. even recorded it I'm gonna record it tonight I uh, know I don't know I don't have a release date We haven't even recorded The new record We're just working oh, on course. Songs right now And then uh, I mean basically If you keep your, tu- your eyes peeled And tuned into our website Next week Or Facebook Or anything like that We're gonna announce Another tour in September, so that'll, that'll, that'll be out this, um, uh, uh,
3: Any this Minnesota dates, I could really use a scoop.
1: You know, I don't even know where the tour is uh, going to, so I haven't seen the final routing. I just know that it's a juicy one. People will be excited about it. So.
3: Well, if it comes anywhere near me, I'll be excited, and you guys will probably be like, he's back? Jesus. <laughs> so, no, uh, you got, I, 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 My list is at seven now, seven bands that I do not miss if I can make it, um, and you're on it. Oh, and by the way, "Right Fuck to Rise was my number one record of the year. I was uh, disappointed in some of my fellow uh, writers at Decibel Geek for not ranking you a little higher because they're clearly deaf. Uh, yeah, take a poop on their chest. Yeah, no no shit, out, man. Like you say that a lot? Because I always talk about <laughs> pooping under people's pillows. There you go. So I'm not going to start pooping <laughs> on their chest. That'll maybe they'll get yeah, attention better. Is. Thanks for that yeah, tip. That's all they need to know and then you need a little fecal enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> what song you want me to play out uh, when we're done? Got, this is basically the end of the interview, so um, we're going to throw on a... Win- windows Down. Windows Down? You got it. Yeah. All right, right on, man. Chad. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you rescheduling this. I know we had a little snafu, and I got a little cold feet at uh, Rock USA, so I do appreciate this. And uh,
0: say,
3: good, hello, say hello to uh, all your uh, brothers in Wilson and uh, remind them how much I love them and Let them know that I'll be masturbating furiously to pictures of them tonight. So (laughs) I will let them know; they will love that. And uh, look for the uh, dick pics—they're coming your way. Dick and
4: That's how you say it, right? Hostel. Hostels. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's how I say it. Yeah. You make fun of everything I the way say it. <laughs> so. Uh